We are back at it with another fantastic episode of the Nick vs. Everyone podcast. And with me today, my friend, uh, John Schrader. What's up, man? What's up? What's up? Friend, coach, mentor. Coach, yeah. Ex, yeah, ex-player. Um, mm-hmm. uh, for people that don't know, I coached basketball for, I don't know, about seven years or so. Everything from little kids to um, high school and college. Um, and uh, me and John have always kept in contact throughout the years here and there and stuff like that. And and uh, always giving me updates on what's going on and asking for advice. And uh, we always have some good back and forth on Twitter and things like that when it comes to sports. So I'm excited for today for shout. For sure. For sure, for sure. Yeah, so let's let's talk about uh, the coaching days, the basketball days. Um, uh, I was I was what? It's probably like ten years ago, right? If I did it for seven years, yeah, about uh, more, probably more, more than ten years it's ago. Coming up on ten, because I'll be twenty five this year. So I was fourteen. So yeah, it was yeah, 20. yeah, and. Uh, Obviously, I grew up with your brother, and so I, I knew of you. I remember, um, I think I was I would go over to uh, your house at one point uh, with Nick to like pick yeah. up something. I just remember you being like super, super small. You were in like pee wee football, and you had like a little like Holly helmet or like little jersey or something like that. So I remember when you were like tiny, tiny um, before yeah. I even like coached you and stuff. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. You do remember that? <laughs> yeah, and I remember did you play football with Nate? Or yeah. was that just Nate? Yeah, I so played. So you football. were at my house. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I played I didn't play my senior year. Um okay. but I played all the way up until my senior year. So I did play with um I did play with Nick and yeah, uh Yeah, because I remember his junior year you guys did the team dinners on Fridays and it was at my house once, so everybody was there. Yeah, 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 for sure. And uh I also, you know, played basketball with Nick and we were in the same friend group and, and all that good stuff. So um yeah, I, I remember that was my first memory of, of you because you'd you come around and watch like Nick's games, whether it was like playing basketball or or football or whatever. So I remember you being around. For sure. Yeah, and then you, I, I coached uh, freshman basketball, and that's when I first, I first met you, and uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun experience. I was still a new coach, but um, you know, I felt like, uh, I felt like, just the way that I, as a player, thought through the game, and I was under Coach Lance, and mm-hmm. and it was my first uh, step into being a head coach. Um, I was assistant for like two or three years um, under uh, Lance, and uh, it was fun. I probably went a little bit deeper than than most people do in their uh, coaching freshman basketball players, but I was always uh, treated you guys like you were capable of more than what people thought, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, you coached us like we were way more mature and Right. Like I remember tryouts. I was like, what the hell is this? Cause it going from like eighth grade to ninth grade, 
yeah like eighth grade we were doing like layup lines and stuff and then yeah. ninth grade you had us like we were doing like scrimmages and it was high intensity you had the intensity like way up and the stuff we were doing was we were probably at that time not ready for but it all worked out <laughs> yeah it was you had to set a tone for <clears throat> what I expected from you guys and it's really hard to I think uh the one thing that a coach should do is is create a culture uh mm-hmm. and an expectation early on and so that was just me. I was just passionate about basketball and being good and, and having a certain mentality um, mm. when it came to to it and, and make it so that the players buy in and also create a love of the game. I feel like a lot of high school coaches in particular, I mean, even like any coaches, a lot of coaches, they don't they don't help players fall in love with the game that they're playing. For sure. Yeah, no, it will. I think it was a combination of multiple things. I think the group that we had was a really good group. Whereas like we had guys, like everybody I think loved the game. Mm-hmm. And then we had like a couple dogs on the team. Like Harless was crazy good for our age. Mm-hmm. and Paris was just a beast. So, like, not only did you bring the intensity up, it was, like, even though, like, I wasn't crazy good mm-hmm. or whatever, I always, like, I wanted to bust their ass just as much as they were busting our ass. Mm-hmm. And, like, you would play into that, I remember, a lot. Like, you would, like, pull each and every one of us aside. If we were if we were getting, like, dog to practice, Mm-hmm. And you would like pull one of us aside and you'd be like, what the hell are you doing? And then like you would get us, you would get the intensity up. So like, yeah, we I would, would go at each other a lot too. Yeah. I w- was always trying to push buttons for people to take it either seriously or, uh, you know, touch on the ego uh, a lot and touch on the competitiveness. So it would be, um, you know, I when when we go to practice I always thought that kids usually it's just like oh yeah let's have fun let's just hang out and just like let's play a little bit cuz this is fun and and when I when I had practices it was just like we have a purpose we have a goal we have yeah. something to get done and if you're not if you're not coming into this thing like you want to get better then you should probably not be here so yeah yeah, and I didn't I didn't care that someone was better than someone else because I played with people that were better than me hands down. But that just comes from my personality because even though they were better than me hands down, like it was never easy. Uh and yeah. And that just comes back from my how competitive. I just want wanted people to be competitive. I'm a competitive person, so I think it just if practices were competitive and I was able to be like, Hey man, what are you doing? Like I get, he's the best on the team, but like, I don't care. Like neither should you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that there's a couple things with that. So what you were saying about like the intensity and that it was important and to fishtail off of what I was saying with like the tryouts, like the tryouts were intense, like super intense. And we actually had like a decent amount of people out there. Oh yeah. So like, 
when we made the team, like when we got the letters on that Friday or whatever, mm-hmm. like we were like everybody was pumped. Like it felt like we felt like we accomplished something. So yeah. it wasn't like we went into it like, oh, we're on the team. Like, no, like we made the team. Now let's do something. Yeah, that's on, like that was a by design also because I knew freshman basketball, there'd be a whole bunch of people there, right? Yeah. And it's kind of like that weeding out to see, because really, and I, if I go back and really think about like all the teams that I had is that I probably could have, there are some people that I was like, man, I should have gotten this kid instead of that kid, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, because I wanted to test to see who would be really about it. Who yeah, this wasn't sure. just to be cool, a cool kid, and yeah, and who was who had potential to be coached, who had potential that wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't just like, uh, just because it's hard, they would just like step away or like not want to do it or whatever it may be. So, a part of it was like, yeah, I hope people don't come to the second day of tryouts because yeah, I don't have to cut them. <laughs> but also I understood that there was a quick turnaround before our first game. So it's just like, okay, this has to be like, everybody's conditioning is trash. So you kind of have to like start it off. Like, well, this is oh, trying to get were running us here. in tryouts. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. And we was a structured tryout. It wasn't like we were out there scrimmaging. We were doing drills and stuff. It was a structured ass tryout. After the first day, you kind of already know who can play and who can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can pretty much see someone in layup lines and see if they have any game. Like, it's very quickly for me to find out if someone is a basketball player or not or whatever. Now, the ne- there's, like, a people that are on the bubble, obviously, always. And those are the kind of, you kind of, after the first day, you got, like, a good idea of what the team's going to be. Um, but also, you have those guys, you have to, tryouts is try to get in shape because I treated them like real practices. Like this is day one of practice of trying to get ready for the season. So uh, I knew that no one was in shape for all these years because I wasn't really in shape. Even if I played other sports, I wasn't really in basketball shape for the most part. Mm -hmm. So those were just kind of like, all right, let's try to get in shape. I can already tell by the way you can dribble and shoot that you're good or you're not at this time. And then there's people on the bubble. Um, you know, that let's see if they, cause they're not going to play. I mean, there's a very small chance they're going to play. Right. So it's like, are, is there potential for them to find a role on the team? Are they going to cause me problems if they don't play? Like, it's one of those things like, right. you know, they're going to be sitting on the bench because they're just not skilled yet, but is there potential? Maybe do they have athleticism size? Do they have a good, you know, good mentality, good mind on their heads. Are they good kids? They're not going to cause problems if they don't play, but they're going to understand like how important you are still to the team. So those are the things that I would look for at the end of the bench. And um, so that was kind of that opportunity to figure out, okay, it's going to be hard. Who's going to, who's on the bubble is going to quit. Now there are a few kids that I look back. I'm just like, man, I probably should have picked that kid than the other kid. And, I probably could have done some things differently, but I think that the thing that I uh, makes me proud is that I feel like when it was basketball season, like everybody on the team loved basketball. It wasn't like oh, I yeah. freaking hate this sport and I hate playing yeah. it. Like football, when I played football, the games are fun. Practices, yeah. I dread going to practice. Ah, oh, it's gonna suck, right? Yeah. I think it also helped that I was not old. That definitely helped. We. Uh, 
we got you got along with every player really well like it didn't feel you didn't feel like a coach in a mm-hmm. way but like we respected you as a coach like we knew not to mess around like we definitely respected you uh-huh. but like after we did our stuff like after practice or after like the bus rides back from the games like we yeah. could chill and like have fun and that was cool for sure yeah it was almost like just like big brother little brother stuff and like sometimes i'd have to turn up if if yeah. uh if people were just like too nonchalant about it and stuff like that and um I think what also helped is like I felt like I was pretty transparent if someone came to me with a question about you know playing or whatever like I'm not playing coach what do I need to do like it was a conversation between me and you not me mm-hmm. and your parents not me and someone else it was like me and you and I felt like for the most part everybody was comfortable coming to me if they had you know issues or whatever they thought they should be playing they shouldn't yeah. um going back I wish I would have played more people probably than I did um, but, um, I think it also teaches, cause I was a guy that never played that much. I mean, I played, but it wasn't like I wasn't a starter and, um, yeah. I eventually just through passion and competitiveness, I was able to, you know, play in important spots and games and stuff. But for the most part, I sat the bench a lot. And so I learned a lot of lessons from that. And so I knew that sitting on the bench wasn't the worst thing in the world. It, it teaches you a lot. Um, oh, it does for sure. But um, I th- I feel like when you make practices important, like it makes you feel like you're important. You're really part of the team and stuff like that. So yeah. um, I, I luckily didn't really have any issues with parents because I knew I was young. So I don't know if you remember, but every single year I would start off like the, the meeting or whatever to like just introduce say. yourself. Basically say, I know what I'm doing. Like if you have any issues – like don't come to me <laughs> oh that's i literally was just gonna say that i remember the first meeting um and there was a couple parents that had issues with it which i won't say who obviously but oh yeah um the first thing you said was like you're not allowed to practice you basically told them you don't care what they think yeah. and that if they have any issues Nate's numbers on the paper don't call me is what you said or something like that <laughs> well cuz i know like you're a young kid i'm yeah. a young looking dude like i might have been you know 21 but i look like i'm 16 you know what i mean yeah like you're not going to be able to manipulate me you're not going to be able to bully me let's just get this out let's let me just get i have to make it clear right away that yeah. this is a different thing it was basically call lance and I knew that Lance would be like, Nick yeah. knows what he's doing. Uh, yeah. Long long story short. So I knew basketball more than those people did, period. Oh, yeah. So what so what can you tell me? And and so and and I was I actually was able to get to kids better than their parents could. Yeah, and the the couple parents that I were talking about is the instances that I was talking about. Um in that instance where like that was a relief for the kids and they could just, you could just deal with the kid and they could just deal with you. And there wasn't the middleman of the parent. Yeah. And it it was relaxed in that sense. It made us feel uh, more like it it stepped us up a level. It felt like to where like our parents aren't involved anymore. Like it's up to us and you like, there's no nothing in between. Yeah. Like, you guys are in high school now. You guys are adults in my – like, you guys – 
I didn't like when coaches would treat you like a little kid. And I knew yeah. that when you're getting into those ages, you don't want to be a little kid anymore. So, okay, let's, I'm going to treat you. I'm going to give you that respect to, to be able to come to me like a grown person would yeah. in a respectful way. I was never disrespectful. Like if someone came up to me and was just like, Hey coach, why am I not playing? I was just like, listen, man, I love you. Like mm-hmm. you work really hard. You do all these things, but are you top? Are you a top five dribbler? Are you a top five shooter? Are you a top yeah. five rebounder? No, 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 no. Well, that's why. Yeah. And and it's not, and like if you get good at these things, if you if you show me that you are one of those people, then it would the day that at the end of the game when I need someone not to turn the ball over can dribble it. Guess who's going in the game? If I right. need someone that we're not rebounding well and I need a rebounder, guess who's going in the game? For sure. So that's the that's I I remember telling that to people and so. When they when you put it in that way, they're like, "Yeah, that kind of does make sense." Yeah. Like, you might be able to have a good spurt in practice, right? You might hit a couple shots in practice. Like, getting into a game is a completely different thing. For sure. And um, you know, I wish I would have played people more, um, just get them in a little bit more. But I think that, um, like I said, sitting on the bench, going through that adversity being able to keep your head in the game, even though you're not necessarily playing. I think that's all super important because that's something that I had to go through when I was younger and I turned that. And that's why I'm successful today is, is things like that is just Mm -hmm. always having to prove yourself and, and, and staying the course and passionate about it and think good things are going to happen. Keep working hard, keep being a good teammate, you know, keep being competitive in practice. I'm not the best, but I'm going to make that person better. Like all those lessons that you learn, like you take that somewhere and into jobs or whatever it may be, and you're just going to fly off the shelf. I mean, people are going to want you and then people are going to want you to, you know, be on their team and work with them. For sure. I agree. But I mean, it also, you had a system you ran too. Like we had a set offense. There was no like ISO ball or anything like that. Like even though Austin was easily a JV player or he could have been 12th man on varsity with the way he could handle the ball. He never was dropping 20 a game. Cause we, it was a full motion offense. Everybody got ball. As in the same way that I give you guys respect um, to be able to like be your own person. It was the same thing with the offense. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you remember, but it was high pick and roll. And I had people come up to me and be like, you keep running the same play. I'm like, don't look at me. It was It's his choice. It's the point guard's choice to where to go with the ball, not me. Like, yeah. you make a read, and you – so if it looks the same every single time, then that's not my fault. But he's probably making the same read or, or doing the same play because that's what the defense is giving him. It's not, it's not me. And so as that developed and throughout the years, I mean, I changed things up and made it better and, and all that good stuff. But um, I gave you guys freedom, the ability to have freedom in the offense that made sense. So, for example, I know that young players aren't very good at one-on-one, right? No. They're not very good at going by their guy. So what do I do? I give them a pick, right, to help them out. 
to be yeah. able to get by their guy. Once they set a screen, they have some space, they can make things happen. Now, the offense that I grew up in was just like a weave, and it was not good. Uh, Varsity uh, ran um, f- basically four out, and it's one-on-one, get by your guy, get into the lane. And I would have ran that, but I didn't think your guys' skill level level would have allowed for that because I don't think no. I didn't trust that you guys could get by your guy. So that's why my difference, my offense was far different than varsity's was, which is not always the case. Like when you go into everybody runs the same offense. And by the time they get to their senior year, like they have the same offense and they're familiar with it. But um, I thought for you guys to be successful, you needed help. You needed something a little bit different and running the high pick and roll. I mean, you, you take that all the way up until high school and that that makes you think the game a lot. Yeah. And and those are the, the things that's really important early on for kids is to think the game. If this guy does this, then I do that. Um, for sure. And so, yeah, a lot of it, I mean, obviously I'm a passionate coach. I'm very detailed oriented. I, I see a lot of things and, and, even though you guys were freshman year freshman, I was teaching you stuff that was that would not only be good today, but be good four years from then, five years, six years from then. I remember telling you guys like, "Hey, when you uh, do a layup, throw it higher on the glass because when you're older and you go against a six six guy, you're probably going to need it to go a little bit higher. So let's start doing that now. You know what I yeah. mean?" So I always had like, what are we doing today? What are we doing in the future? And and kept that in it. But the the relationship part with everything, I don't think I have one. There's not one player that I had that I that I have beef with at all. And I don't no, I we, don't think that I don't think they have beef with me either. Um, no, we all still talk. Like if we all hang out or like if we talk, like if I talk to somebody on the team, at some point that year is going to come up for one reason or another. We had we have stories. It was all fun. That was fun the whole year. Yeah. There was no bad. We didn't, we didn't lose either. We lost two games. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. I think we went 16 and two because we had two games canceled because of the snow. Yeah. I don't think I ever coached a losing season. I know that two, I think I was head coach for three years, once on freshman, two on JV, I think. And I think uh, the first year at JV was rough, but I think we still were over 500. And then the fir- freshman year, your year, and the JV year, uh, my second year coaching, we bo- we went on like 10-plus game winning streaks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was fun. Um, I remember uh, one year, this, is, this was actually really important to me. But um, I was I, I tell people the story. So, uh, what year did you would what year did you quit? Me? Yeah. Um. Sophomore year. Sophomore year. Yep. It was like halfway through the season. Yeah. And um, obviously we liked you on the team and all that good stuff. And you pulled me into my office. I'm sure you were super super nervous, and that's not a, a comfortable conversation to have. And, um, I just remember like my high school years when someone would quit or like, you always felt like the coach didn't like you. If you went up to the coach and you said you were hurt, you were like, not the coach didn't like you anymore. Right. Or whatever it may be. And so walk me through your mindset of 
like you're about to tell me you're about to quit the team. Do you remember uh, uh, <laughs> that situation? I wasn't as nervous um, as I thought I would be, but we were pretty cool, and like you understood the situation. Yeah, and like once you like once I like realized that you like knew what was going on and like how I felt, then I was mm-hmm. like. Then I just had to tell you, like a man, I guess. Yeah. Like I wasn't, yeah. like I was obviously nervous. Like I didn't want you to be mad or nothing, but. Yeah. And I just remember understanding from the jump what it was, um, because you know I re- I remember Nick had to quit in J- his JV year playing basketball and stuff. Yeah. So so I, with that context, I kind of knew like, all right, like I, it's you don't want to quit. I know you didn't want to quit. I know you enjoyed no. playing basketball, and I, I knew you liked being around us. So instead of doing what I think a lot of other coaches would be like, be like, you know, like, all right, peace, dude, like pretty much. And I just remember telling you, like, hey, I understand that you want to quit. If you want to quit, that's that's okay. Like, we're still, we're still boys. We're still friends. Yeah. If there's any time you want to come to practice, if there's any time you want to sit on the bench – there's any time you just want to come into the locker room, you're still part of the team. And, yeah, yeah, that's and I, true. And, I do remember that, and I get it. And I, and I, because I wanted you to feel like you know you were just because you're not on the team, you're still part of the team if you wanted to be. So yeah. I always, I always kept that open to you, and and um, because I know as a, a young kid, that's a that's a really tough situation, a hard situation, and, and I just wanted to make sure that you still had like a safe place to be if you needed it. Yeah, and I appreciate that, and I did. I definitely took you up on the offer. I went to a couple practices and stuff, mm-hmm. but also like what was what helped me and what you helped me with was is first and foremost, like you always preached, like grades and school first, mm-hmm. and then basketball. Like that yeah. was your big thing. So like once I told you the situation and I had to focus, like you were cool with it. Mm-hmm. And then I realized like, all right, like he actually does get it. And then I didn't feel too bad about it. And then I showed up to a couple of practices after asking. And then I think I sat at a game with you once mm-hmm. or twice, home games, mm-hmm. something like that. But yeah, I mean, it ended up working out. So for me, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to support you. Uh, whichever yeah. way you, 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 you needed it. So, um, yeah, I, I, re- I still remember that I can still see it like in my mind, like yeah. you sitting there in the office, like I could still see that time. Um, but yeah, that was, I've only had, and I, and I've only, I think I only had two players quit, um, for multiple reasons. You were one and then someone was the other, but, uh, I think I handled it both in the same way. Like, Hey man, like I'm not, no one's, no one's making you be here. Um, yeah. Still, still care about you. Still want you to do the best. You know what I mean? And, uh, so yeah, that was a, and, and that, that makes it even more awesome that you're here today because, uh, yeah. and we're still talk today because I think that if, you know, if I was a jerk and I was just like, what? Why you quitting on us? Don't be a quitter. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that would have been a super negative impact on you yeah. and and all those other things. I think that like when I was, I, I there was actually a few people on the team that didn't have good grades. Like mm-hmm. 
like outside of the season and were never motivated to get good grades. But when they were, they would come up to me and practice be like, coach, look at, I got, you know, like yeah. I'm doing good or whatever it may be. And I'm just like, what am I doing that either their parents aren't doing or their teachers aren't doing? Because to me, this seems pretty like, like I just knew what buttons to press and like, you kind of yeah. make it cool. Like you got to make yeah. it cool. And like, did too. Yeah. it's more than just saying, do your homework. Like it's important. Like mm. there's more to it than that. Like you got to press the right buttons with your kid. You got to make it like, I knew what you guys thought was cool. So I was sure. able to like Jedi mind trick you guys to be like, to, to frame it right. To give you guys the right perspective of why it is like the, the thing is, like when I was back in school and still happens today, people are just like, I hate math. I'll never use this again. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah. I feel like no one ha- no one that I know has ever given a good answer as to why math is important. As to why it is important? Why it's important to have, to know, to do. It's in everything we do. It's literally everything. Yeah. The numbers are just numbers. Like you, an X can be a situation in life, right? How you move around the pieces to get to a solution, that's everything, right? For sure. So people are like, oh, I never have to do, you know, I'll never have to do this in the future. It's your ability to figure it out in life. And that's literally life, just figuring it out. So if a math teacher came to you and was just like, yo, this is everything. And you're like, okay, this is this is your girlfriend, right? X. And like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, plus the, her parents, Y, right? Yeah. <laughs> but whatever situation you want into those things, here's how you solve the problem. Yeah. Everybody be like, oh, it's just puzzles. Like, being able to put situations into a calculation and then coming out with a solution. That yeah. makes sense, right? Sure. But it, so, like, when it came to people trying to get good grades and, and trying to promote, because every coach is like, got to get good grades, right? And every kid's like, <laughs> yeah, I, right, think, I think what it was that helped a lot too, because I was the same, like I wasn't like super motivated, but I ended up like, I did, obviously I did well enough to get into college after high mm-hmm. school. So like I did all right. But I think for a lot of us and for me, even, um, especially me, you would coach us and we'd, we'd go to the game. You'd be on the bus doing homework. And then on the way back, we'd see you doing homework. And then Nate, that was his gap year. So like he's four years away from being a doctor or whatever. So Uh realistically outside of our teachers or like our parents, parents for some people, not a lot of people, you Uh guys were the first ones that were actually like, an example of it uh and like we could see like the fruits of the labor you see what i'm saying like we saw the success like even Mm -hmm. though like me my age now looking at where you were then like i'm older than you now than you were then yeah like you were like crazy to us especially because like you were making you like you said you were making it cool to do homework and stuff like that. Yeah. So we were like, oh, like if he's doing it, we have to do it. Mm. Also, we really wanted to be on the team. So, and you had like 
there was a standard that the AD set, and then your standard to play was even higher. I don't know if you remember that, but you had higher standards. I think it was like yeah, I had C's to play. I was just like, dude, I could freaking sleepwalk into a class and get a C. And that's what you said. Yeah. <laughs> like so. literally, just do all your homework and like get C's on tests, and you got B's and A's. Like for real. Like yeah, it's crazy. All you have to do is just do. The bare minimum is just doing the homework, which is not hard. Yeah. Like for it just turn something in. When you just don't turn something in or whatever, then that's just like not trying pretty much yeah. when it comes down to it. So yeah, I was like so at the time of coaching, I was coaching, which was a huge time commitment. I had a job at the Oakland Rec Center. Uh so I was part time there. On the weekends I would travel and do marketing stuff marketing events around the country which we never uh, knew that by the way yeah yeah you never so, told us that yeah so i had you know was coaching monday through friday traveling on the weekends trying to get some money uh working uh at the rec center and going to college so i had three jobs essentially uh yeah. and doing all the college work and all that good stuff so when i'd go to practice it was like trying to teach those things the the discipline the okay let's get after it i'm trying to be the best right, right. and uh every single drill was important it wasn't just like hey this is freaking just fun. no we don't just do anything just to, for no reason and i think that the the thing that i did was i communicated why those things were important and i made it make sense to you it wasn't just like because i said so you know yeah. what i mean right. it was like yeah, no. you got to go with your left foot like, okay, like, just do it. And it's yeah. not, what was that? It was like, okay, because this, 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 and this happens. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll start yeah. doing it then. I feel like um, a lot of times when people ex- try to explain things to kids, they either think they're too dumb to understand that, which sometimes, like, when they're really small, obviously they don't get it. But but when you get to, like, high school stuff, I like I said, I, I didn't see you guys as, like, little babies, I thought yeah. uh, I was just like, okay, like I expect a lot from you guys. And I feel like you guys, um, uh, you guys were up to the challenge. Yeah, for sure. Well, it also helped that you were young enough to actually do the drills and show us how it worked and why it worked. Yeah. Cause like, <laughs> I mean, I'm a Spartan fan, but Tom Mizzle's not out there doing step backs and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, you don't think it'll work? Let me show you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, that's exactly what you would do. You'd put your hand, you'd blow the whistle, put the ball under your arm, and then, oh, let me show you. And then that's what would happen. And then we'd yeah. see it, and it would work, and we're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I'm I'd a run visual learner, guard. too. Yeah, I'd run point guard, and I would be like, all right, let's run it then. I'll show you what's up. <laughs> that happened a lot. That was a lot of the practices. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that, yeah, that. That was a super fun time. I miss coaching a lot. I feel like, um, um, you know, if it wasn't for you know life and things like that, I'd like to get. I'd like. I'd like to get back into it. Um, I thought I was really, really good at it, and I really, really enjoyed it. And um, like I said, I, I feel like I have a nice way of motivating people, and um, you know, teaching. Obviously, um, I've always been. Man, when I growing up. I was always a coach. Yeah. Like uh just playing Madden or like everything. Uh I was always drawing plays. 
like even small, like I played hockey when I was little, I played football, I played a bunch of sports. So it was always the strategy of making, like, I was in church, like, drawing up plays when I was, like, little, like, football plays and stuff, like, straight up. Even in class, like, I was supposed to be doing homework. Like, I, yeah. like sometimes I would just do plays. I mean, so that was always, like, a, a super passion for me. So I miss it. I miss uh, 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 the competition, uh, the grind, the teaching, the, because it was, man, it's so much fun. Uh so much fun. Um, maybe one day I'll come back to Holly or somewhere and and try to get back into. Who knows? Uh, you got to go above Holly. You got to. We got to get you out of Holly. <laughs> you can't save that program. If Lance Bayless can't save it, nobody can. Uh, well, he did save it once. It was worse than it is probably now. I don't know anything about it. I I drive through Holly every once in a while. That's it. I haven't. Holly teaches you a lot of lessons, man. You got to think about it that way. I know a lot of people are just like, oh, Holly. But, man, there's a lot of lessons there. A lot of good lessons. A lot of yeah, different people, um, you know, of all different spectrums. Um, you know, it's not an easy place. It's not the worst place. But there's definitely um, taught me a lot of lessons for sure. I like to keep that in perspective. Yeah, it's a, it's a melting pot for sure. I mean, whether it's class, I mean, I don't know how it was. It probably wasn't that way when you were there, but we had, it was pretty uh, um, racially diverse when I was in high school. So Not for me. Yeah, but... I was going to say, I don't think it was for you, but, <laughs> um, but for me, it was, I mean, I'm not saying it was, you know, uh, California or New York by any standards, but from what we were yeah. used to growing up young, and then going into high school, and it was vastly different. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was for sure. But for sure, yeah. But yeah, we were. Um, so we were just on Twitter uh, a little bit ago, going over you know the Pistons and the and the season they're having, and kind of like their future. Um, I don't know if the trade is going to go through. I think it's going to go through actually, but I don't know if it's officially going through because. So the Pistons traded Wiseman. Um, are traded uh four Wiseman traded uh Sadiq Sadiq Bay is gone. Uh, Kevin Knox is gone, and so people are kind of up in arms about trading Sadiq Bay. And I kind of knew uh that there was a good chance he wasn't going to be on the team. I had a sense that it was going that way. He still has like a good amount of value, I guess, but it was declining. Um, he was declining this year and he went to the bench and he still had some nice games, but I felt like every single time I watch a Piston game, I'm like, his name was never called ever. There's, there's games where I was like, dude, is this guy even on the floor? Like not make, not just like offensive stuff, but defensive stuff. And I watched a few games and he was getting blown by on defense. I was like, I thought this guy was supposed to be like, you know, a staple on defense, but just not it. So um, obviously you had the 50 point game, you know, everybody else was hurt, I think during that game and, um, <laughs> all credit, all credit to all credit to him. But if you probably go back to that game, there wasn't that, it was like one, he was just hot. It was like one dribble shoot, two dribble shoot, po- mid range post. Like it wasn't like a huge bag as far as one-on-one moves go. He was just getting it in his spots and, you know, he was, he was making, making them. 
And so um, I kind of, I expected a lot from him this year and he just wasn't, he wasn't knocking my socks off, I guess, as far as his play. I agree, but I still think they could have got more for him. What would you have liked to like, give me an example of what you think? So like, if you look at OKC, if you look at the Jazz, if you look at um, even Orlando, these are teams that started their rebuild far after we have, right? Mm-hmm. They're OKC is younger than we are. If you look, we're a young team, but if you look at OKC, they're super young. Chet's not playing, and they're a far better team than we are this year. Also, draft capital picks some, something other than a project. He's a project is what Wiseman is. He's injury prone, can't catch the ball, and he's one of, you don't count it, but there's five big men on the team. So we, I, I think, feel like we didn't get anything for him. I think OKC is a little bit different because their best player is like an all-star, like probably an all-NBA player this year. And yeah. and he is a veteran at this point. And he's their main ball handler. He's their best player, kind of like Ja, right? Ja's younger, but but your best player is also your ball handler and can control the whole entire team, where with Cade out, your best player is Bogdanovich, who is not your main ball handler, who um, is a great scorer, but you know has his limitations and stuff like that. Isn't the one running the team. So and Cade's has been hurt a lot in his early yeah. career. So um, we we're super young and we're still developing. We still just. Ment- I can just see it out there mentally. Like, it just not – there's a lot of growth that needs to be- happen mentally um, on our team. And it it this year has actually been, in my mind, disappointing. Um, yeah. I didn't think that they were going to be good by any means, but they're very bad. And without Cade, it probably would have been different. But – yeah defensively is where it's really disheartening because I thought that, you know, Sadiq was supposed to be a good defender. Killian's a good defender. Cade is, uh, I haven't really seen enough of him defending, but when I do, he tries hard. Um, he's there. He's there. Um, I thought Stewart was supposed to be a good defender. Like, but he's, he doesn't do nothing for me. He doesn't block shots. No. He doesn't he he's more of like a positional defender like shoot it over me but I'm not going to stop you from actually shooting it type deal. So Yeah, he's just there. He's just trying to use his force to hope that you miss. Yeah. So we need more athleticism, size at the center position, which we do with Duran, but he's 19 years old and still trying to figure it out. Um so when he goes off of the floor, especially like at the end of the games, when you have to shoot free throws and stuff like that, it would be nice to have another center um, that is athletic and can move and kind of protect the basket. Because right now, we can't stop players from getting in the paint, and we cannot stop players from uh, uh, protecting the basket. 
Now, Duran does when he's on the floor. It's a completely different defensive game when he's on the floor. Um, I've noticed that from the first, uh, from the first game. Yeah, like it's a whole different thing when he's on the floor, and that I knew he was probably going to start at some point in the year because he's he changes the way that the game is played for sure, which is good. Yeah, but see, my thing is, is I think you're looking at it um, from an actual like standpoint of where we at where we're at right now. I don't see maybe maybe Ivy, definitely Cade, probably Ivy. Other than those two, I don't see anybody on the team being there when we're good again. So my thing is, is you have to build your war chests, get your assets, so you can put the pieces in place to build the roster that's eventually going to get you back in the playoffs. Because we're ass. I mean, there you can throw a dart and whatever it lands on is there's an issue with the team. Yeah, we're not we're not very good. And like I said, those players that you would think at year three, like I give everybody a pass year one, year two. Yeah. Year three, you got to show me something. For sure. And then year four, you got to be like, all right. Like, it's either – so year three is the year to me, and that's why I say, like, Sadiq and Stewart, yeah, they're solid play- – I mean, they're okay players. They're solid. I mean, whatever. But I feel like they're almost at their – they're they're still off by a lot of years. Yeah, and, and so, old, too. I did forget about that when we were talking. Yeah, he's he's older. He's what – he played, what, three or four years in college? Um, so, yeah, he's 24, 25 right now. Now, if Sadiq was like a lockdown defender on the wing and he was what he was, like, yeah, I'd like him. But I just feel like the Pistons fans in the most part think that he's better than just because they're he's our boy. You know what I mean? He's a leader. He's a tough guy. He he's There's a lot to like about him. But um, when it comes to his game, I've been... I've been disappointed this year to see like he's kind of just the same player and hasn't really developed other parts of his game like one-on-one going one-on-one early in the shot clock like using left right hand moves he has no bag whatsoever so and that's why he disappears offensively because he needs wide open shot kick out shots he needs it his offense relies too much on other people that's yeah that's fair and i think that's why he's so down this year is because Cade's not there and yeah. our point guard play is really not up to par right now. Um, I haven't yeah. even watched a ton of games. I was I planned on watching so much more basketball, and then when Cade went down, I was like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. And then with work and stuff. But I check every day, and I follow all of the beat writers on Twitter, so I always know what's going on. Yeah, I've watched like a couple like YouTube channels pop up real quick, and every single time people are talking to them, basketball mm-hmm. like for instance Duran. so the conversation came with Duran, like oh yeah i really like this guy like he's so tall and athletic and can jump really really high and you know wow wow we wow and it's just like tell me something about basketball other than that yes he's all those things but what is he doing that is making a difference when it comes to basketball skill wise, like his positioning, the way he plays the game. There's millions of things that you could talk about, but these dudes around Detroit are just like, he can jump high. He can run fast. 
uh, I'm just so, so, so excited. This is the right guy. And he's like, Word sports, <laughs> whatever. I don't even know, but like, it's just like, so like, uh, just no information whatsoever. It's like, he's yeah. just really good at basketball. Literally what they say is like, okay, but why? And there's not a lot of people that can communicate that. Yeah. And that's so true. Like, I don't know if you listened to them while you were in Michigan, but like 97 won the ticket with Mike Millenni and all that. They mm-hmm. never talk about basketball because nobody in this area knows anything about basketball. There's no, there's never a good conversation. It's usually somebody calls in and they're like, you said, they're just like, well, I think he's good. And then the host would be like, well, why, like, why do you think he's an asset to the team? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, he gets rebounds and he dunks or something yeah. like that. And it's like, <laughs> but that's why I don't care for Wiseman as much. Cause that style of big man isn't doesn't exist anymore. I don't think that he is the same player as Duran. I don't see him as no. a high pick and roll. Like that's all I can do, and I will dunk it when I'm open underneath the basket. I don't see. I see them as completely different players. If anything, Duran and Stewart are similar players. Yeah, where I think that Duran is already better than Stewart. Stewart can hit three though. He can. You see how, a, I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying he's a good shooter, but I'm saying he hey, can shoot for three. All I need to do is see how the defense plays him <laughs> when yeah, he's at but, the three point line. They sag like, and he's still shooting like thirty percent. And they're just like, "Go ahead, please shoot it wide open. Go ahead." That's all I need to know. So, like, if actually someone like respected it and actually guarded him, just think about what his percentage would be. That's so not true. Look at, um, I think it was 2018 Michigan State, Jaron Jackson Jr. He was like our best shooter and he was open constantly. And he was seven feet tall. He was a freshman. He was disgusting. What does that have to do with that? Anything. I don't, I'm not getting the connection. I'm just saying he can shoot. Is what I'm saying. Well, you're saying the treatment that he was getting on offense, where there was nobody that he was in the no, best industry. I'm I'm saying that he can't shoot that well yet. No, not yet. <laughs> so yeah, my point is like you said that he could shoot the three. I he can in theory, yeah, but no one's re- no one has that respect, and the reason why his percentage is as high as it as it is, which it is not that high. I think it's like low thirties. Yeah. But also he is getting like, it's basically practice three point shooter shots where no one's guarding him. No one's around him. He's not feeling any pressure. Like just think about what his percentage would be if someone was actually on him. So I think that right. He's, he's trying to develop that, that part of the game. So respect to him for that. But I see him, I mean, before this year, he was a pick-and-roll athletic dude just like Duran, but Duran is better at it than him. And that's why they moved him to the four. Yeah. Well, he's a high-motor guy. That's, they're gonna, if, if anything, people are going to keep him. People want to keep him for that reason. He fought LeBron, <laughs> and he's got a high motor. They, he reminds people of Ben Wallace, which I don't think is a fair comparison. No, not even close. Not even close. Ben Wallace was way more athletic than that guy. But you see and that had on better time, all the time. Better timing, better timing, more intelligent, would actually lock someone down. Stewart's not locking anybody down, sorry. No. And there's no, not that just... many great centers today, so sorry. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, it's strictly because of his attitude and his motor, I think, is why yeah. that comparison gets drawn up, and I don't think it's fair to him. Stewart is a backup situational player. Which um, is perfect. That's a good which, thing. Which is, but when you're looking, when your team is bad, right? Like, yeah. what team does he start on that is, like, decent? Like, none. That's what I'm saying, though. So, that to get back to the asset thing. That's why he's still a piston and why Sadiq was traded, but we didn't get what we could have got for Sadiq in my eyes. We get, I, Golden State was begging to get rid of Wiseman. I I see potential. I don't I think that the verdict is not out on Wiseman yet. I think he still has a lot of potential. I feel like we don't know. Yeah, they I think that we about do not know. Too. Which is fine. I mean, he's he's at, he's still he's still in the league. He's still playing. He still plays quite a bit. Like, yeah. And I hope he's better than Fultz. But Fultz had some issues. Like that whole shooting thing was weird. So he was his um, elbow, right? It was like he had to redo his whole entire sh- like his. Sh- I think it was his shoulder, or something like nerve something and his. Like sh- I don't something weird, but I don't think the verdict is out on Wiseman. He still has a lot of potential. He has crazy athleticism and size. And he has shown flashes of skill where I feel like Sadiq, we kind of know what we got. And yeah, is he going to, is he going to be, is he going to be valuable in, it's going to take us three years to be good again. I thought that from the beginning, it was going to take four, three, four years, then maybe we could do something. But after this year and seeing Sadiq's not that man, Stewart's not that man, our best players are K, I mean, young players that are going to be something with us in the future, hopefully is Cade, Duran and Ivy, which Duran and Ivy is assuming they continue to get better. Right. Yeah. I'm not sold on Ivy at all. Not one bit. He needs to get better. That's what it comes down to. He needs to, he I mean, ball. um, yeah, he needs to get better. I mean, Ja couldn't shoot the ball either. He still kind of can't shoot, uh, threes unless it's like in rhythm and all that good stuff. But, um, he needs to get, you know, an offensive game. He needs to get some some moves and be able to hit, you know, in all three um, layups, mid-range threes. But the verdict's not out. But I think that those, like, Stewart and I, I was I was ready to get rid I was okay with moving on from Stewart and because I just knew that we knew what we had. And I don't think, I don't want to re-sign him for... 10 to 20, 15 million or whatever he's probably going to get. I don't want to pay him that. So might as well just do it now. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, if your name's not Cade Cunningham, there's a 50, 50 shot. You'll be gone in the summer is how I've been trying to think of it. That's what I, that's what I hope for. I don't think we're training, training during or Ivy in the summer. We're not, not now. Fair. If we were close to like playoffs or something, like we were like on the verge of being a playoff team, and we just needed you know a couple of great pieces, then maybe. But we're not close, so you might as well we we got rid of someone that we knew what we had, and for someone that the verdict is still out on and has a lot of potential, because we're not going to be good next year. We're probably not going to be good the year after that. So we got about three years uh, until we are able to see what we have at that point. So it's kind of like kicking down the kicking the can down the road, getting someone in return that we still need to develop, still need to get better, um, see what we have, and if he's going to be part of the future, opposed to someone that 
we kind of know what we have. We got to re-sign him in a year or two, and he might want to get an extension after this year. Like we're probably not going to be good anyway if we were to sign him. It just doesn't make sense. So it made sense for me for us to move on from from them from him. Yeah, I and we could have got some second round picks, but what are the Pistons going to do with some second round picks? You know Trade what I mean? Value. You 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 uh um you pair them with something else to get something better in return. Of course, but like we're because we would have to we would have to be a contending team though to be like all right let's give away a bunch of yeah like in a second round picks like uh, I just don't I we need but the problem is for us to be a buyer we're not a buyer and I don't think yeah. we're going to be for a while so you have to be a buyer to want these second round picks you're not going to get first round picks <clears> for Sadiq Bay. What's frustrating is is rebuilds shouldn't take this long. That's what's annoying. It's set, well, with con, yes, but with context, like I mean, this Ivy's been 15. injured injured most of his career, right? Yeah. Our Killian's been injured for most of his career. K's been injured for most of his career so far. You know what I mean? Those were Not our first guy. first round draft picks into this thing. So obviously, it's going to take longer. Um, now because these guys aren't playing they're not developing uh and we need them to be on the floor to be good now i mean cade i'm talking about cade but um i'm still okay with with it's just gonna take a little bit longer we've had some bad luck i mean us getting the fifth pick last year was kind of bad luck in a way i mean it worked out because i i like ivy but um i think it's where we're at makes sense uh Personally, think about it. The last time the Pistons were relevant, you were graduating high school. Yeah, two thousand nine. I was eleven years old. I'm, I'm going to so be twenty five this year. It was so funny to me last year. You know, we had Kate. He was and stuff like that. Like last year, in in the um. It's always like summer league people are so excited. Like, oh, Pistons are going to make the playoffs. We're a playoff team this year. Like, oh, da, da, da. And I was like, yo, we're, you really think that we're going to start, like, our whole starting lineup are people with less than three years of experience in the NBA. You really think that we're going to be good? Like, come on. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Like that, yeah. duh. We're not going to, no, dude, dude, dude. Ivy's good, Stewart's good. Like, dude, they're under three years in the league. What are we doing here? I could have, I could have seen them if if they if everything went well. I could have seen them tenth seed. I think that's fair with Cade. If with Bojan, if Sadiq yeah. would have panned out, yeah, tenth seed, yeah, of course, which is fair. That's but but we're, but that's still not doing anything. Like no, but at least they're further along. Than for next year, because you, I mean, the plan is to build up. We're going backwards, but I think that if you look at like the, how the contracts are structured and things like that, like uh, we extended uh, Bogdanovich, uh, uh, Bagley is only here for like two more years, so everybody is basically here for only two more years. So like yeah. that has to be for a reason, right? So that's like the, I think that. They expect it to be better basically next year. 
yeah. hopefully that we're healthy, healthy yeah. we should be competitive. And I then agree. if we're we're on the verge of you know making the playoffs or whatever it may be, um, maybe we maybe we trade for somebody, bring in a veteran player, a good veteran player to come in here um, to help out. But um, it's it's going to be kind of hard because our three youngest players are all four youngest. I mean. We're very are the people that we want to get better are guards, and yeah. that are going to be contr- that are going to be controlling the team, Cade, Ivy, Killian, and they need a lot of development still. Uh, yeah, we need any so if we're so if we're going to bring someone in, whose job's going? I mean, Killian would be a backup, Killian. but are you really going to send Ivy to the bench? Maybe. But is that good for the long term? I don't know. No, I think he needs to. I I think he needs the ball in his hand almost every possession now. What we need are a wing player that can, that's long, athletic, it can lock someone down. Yeah, like a Franz Wagner. No, Loki has been hooping. No, and that's he's one of the best defensive players in the league. And I want I forgot to mention that to you earlier. Is I'm pretty sure Sadiq dropped that fifty one on Franz Wagner. Yeah, did he in his like rookie? Yeah, it was last year, right? So yeah, and he still last year he was a dog too. And I don't like Franz Wagner. I cannot stand him. For obvious, he's he's surprised. He's surprising a lot of people, dude. He's averaging like twenty. Yeah, he's a beast. He's really good. He's really good. Uh, so yeah, we need someone on the wing. That that's another thing about Sadiq is like. I don't know if I said this on Twitter, but he's too small to guard the four. He's too slow to guard the two. Yeah. Or any any quick guards. So really he can only and he's a slower version of a three. Yeah, he's a big three, he's a small four. He's a big three, small four, not super quick, not da da da. So we need, we need, I mean, Jeremy Grant would be like a good idea of someone that we need on the wing uh, to play yeah. the three long, can shoot the three, can score a little bit, but can play defense. And we, that's the person that we need. And maybe we trade for someone like that. Like, uh, it would be nice to get someone like a, like, like a Mikel Bridges, you know what I mean? Like a, just a wing defender that can, that can score and, and not be the main option but can score yeah. um, off a Cade and stuff like that that is the perfect person that we need that's what I was last year when I was watching Sadiq because like I said I watched more last year I was I was hoping he would be a really good third or fourth option and I, I think you're I don't think he was panning out to be that no Sadiq yeah we need a guy that can every single time he's on the floor you know he's on the floor whether that's making an impact on defense and making shots on offense, but doesn't have to have the ball in his hands to be effective on offense all the time, like dribbling and all that good stuff. So there's still some pieces that we need. I'm hoping, I, I don't know how many, what draft picks we have or how many we have or whatever going forward, but I'm, you know, if we, we get the number, I, we got to have the first or second pick. Now that who's that one cat, uh, the Pacers have that was drafted last year. That's, Benedict Mathurin? Yeah, he's playing well. Uh, I wish we volume, volume, you know, shooting like 40%, I think. 
Um, yeah. So that's like a green shooting for forty percent. I'm not really interested in players that make a lot, have a lot of points but shoot forty percent, like overall. Um, yeah, you're I big like, on efficiency. I'm more, yeah, more on efficiency and stuff like that. So um, he, but he shows a lot of potential. He's a super athlete type dude. Um, I'm just hoping that I'm not like wishing that we would have drafted him instead of Ivy by any means, because I do think that Ivy has something but he just needs to get better. Um, yeah, no, Ivy was the right pick. It's just early on, it's seeing, it's seeming like Benedict is the better player as of right now. Mm-hmm. But who's to and, say? And Ivy's not years. a, I mean, Ivy says he's a point guard, but, you know, he's kind of a two anyway. He's a two. He's playing the In point guard head. right now, though. Well, yeah, it's because if, if I walked into the Pistons facility, they'd probably put a lower number on me and let me dribble the ball before yeah. they need it. Yeah. He's still, and it's a different situation for the Pacers and, and us. Like there's more attention and, you know, they have a good big man that helps play them play defense and, and other, and other things. So they have more pieces and he won't be there know. next year. Miles Turner uh, just signed him to an extension. Miles Turner. Yeah. They just gave him an extension. Dude, he, I know, but he was on Twitter begging to go to the Lakers like three weeks ago. I don't know, they just gave him an extension. Yeah, but Couple of, we extended Bojan, and that's just to give him... Uh, I think that, we actually like him. Yeah, and but he's 34. I know. That's old as hell. Maybe he can... I mean, maybe it's like a Chris Paul thing where he's like just teaching the young guys, you know, how to be a professional. You need guys like that. So that actually are like the best on the team, or like a great scorer. Maybe you can freaking teach some these guys had a freaking score because he's legit. He is legit. I just, to segue real quick, I really wish they would stop bringing Chris Paul out in a wheelchair. It's time for him to go, dude. <laughs> I cannot stand Chris Paul. Him, John Morant, and Kevin Durant, my three least favorite people. Yeah. And I get that. I get why. I know Jaws like kind of, um, I like Ja and all that stuff, but there's something about those Grizzlies that I'm just like, just, just a lot of talk. It's a lot of just talk. A lot, it's a lot of like, but you haven't won anything uh, yet. And Ja so, Morant, he thinks he's something he's not. Like me and you probably grew up in a rougher neighborhood than he did. You think so? Yeah, like he went to a private school. Like. Uh, which doesn't mean anything, but he was, it's not like he went to a private school because he got recruited by Country Day. It's because he like he was not a, a highly rated recruit. It, he, yeah. by chance, got into Murray State. Yeah, I know his story. So, uh, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it's just like like the like Dylan Brooks and, and them and the other guys, like, trying to be tough guys and stuff. And who was it? Uh, was it Brooks who got into it with um, Donovan Mitchell? And uh, Donovan Mitchell, like, ragdolled him to the floor. I was just yeah. like, zero takedown defense. <laughs> yeah. A lot of fake tough guys. Uh, I like Jaron yeah. Jackson Jr., obviously. Dude, it was crazy, too. Did you see that play? I saw it briefly on Twitter, but I also think I'm thinking of the Mo Bamba thing. With, yeah, uh, not that... My man fell and 
Mitchell was on top of him, like he fell into him, like right at his feet. So he's looking up at a Mitchell because he fell down and Mitchell was standing there. Yeah. And I think Mitchell followed him, but it wasn't like crazy or anything. And he like looked up at him and like punched him and <laughs> like punched him in the crotch, essentially. Oh, I did not see that. Yeah, he looked up and was just like, "Bop," and then, yeah, and then Mitchell like he was not having that. Tell him that business. Yeah, and like they got chest to chest, and like Mitchell and he's Mitchell's a smaller guy, just like threw him down to the ground. <laughs> I was I'm like, "Ooh, fake, fake tough guy trying to uh, yeah, it's wild." The Indiana Pacers. Oh, wow. That's what they reminded me of in 04 and 05 or whatever. 03, 04. Uh, yeah, that's a good Pass point. Pistons were the point. actual tough guys. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I got my jersey on today. I got this custom boy. Hold on. I'll show you. Got that number three. Okay. Hold up. Got that Ladog on the back. Dude. Dude, that's how I know you're getting old. I'm turned when you up. St- when you start turned going up. on fanatics and customizing your own jersey, you're getting up there. I'm turned up. I respect Turn- it, though. I like it. Yeah, I don't know. Where did I get this? Probably okay. fanatics. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. It's fair, though, because like I said, if you bought a Pistons jersey, there's like an 87% chance that in two years – that player that's won't be tra- on the roster. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what yeah, I'm trying to so, say. No, that was I smart. <laughs> I didn't want to buy someone's jersey and then not be on the team anymore. Yeah, no, like, what smart. am I doing? Yeah. That's, that's yeah. smart. I respect yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, John. Uh, thanks for uh, joining me on uh, on the podcast. Um, uh, sure. we'll, have, uh, we'll have you on again. Uh, yeah. Super fun. Uh, we'll get into see how... Uh, the Pistons go, and we'll recap to see what happens. We'll see if the trade goes through. Uh, there's still questions as if well, it's no actually going to go through. Four hours. But, yeah, but um, I saw Gary Payton. Uh, he was, like, rocking, like, Warriors gear and, like, at their facility and all that stuff. So I feel like the Warriors are just going to get, like, you know, get back a couple draft picks or something and call it a day um, okay. or something like that. But. Um, it all seems like it's going to go through and stuff. I'm excited to see Wiseman. They say that he's going to start, which makes sense to give him some some time um, to develop to see what we have. We're not trying to win games, so I don't know what people are like, why is he going to start? Yeah, like we're going to lose regardless, so might as well just see what we got if that's the case. <laughs> Dude, we could wheel out the dancing usher and be just fine. Like, it yeah, we matter. don't – like people actually like are still like, why do they do that? We're trying to win. No, we're not. <laughs> it's all for victory. Why don't we make a trade? Why don't we make a trade? Bring someone in because we're not trying to win right now. It's no point. Like it's crazy. Yeah. But, but all right. Uh, yeah. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Have fun. Thanks. All right, user. Peace.